The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Mitchell's front page, the Monday Sports Panel. In the studio, Peter, good morning, how are you? Very well, thank you, Mitchell, and uh, yes, slightly uh, interesting weekend of uh, preliminary finals. Certainly was, I mean, prelim finals are set up to be the biggest games of the year and a close, tight contest, but Mm -hmm. it just uh, wasn't the case at all. Um, Melbourne won by 83 points and the Bulldogs by 71, so yeah, those games were over pretty much at halftime. I mean, I think um, Geelong was maybe just a little bit in the game at halftime, but then, of course, uh, Melbourne had that incredible third quarter. The Max Gorn quarter. The Max Gorn quarter. On the line, Bucket, good morning, how are you? Oh, very, very sad, you know, due to see uh, the Geelong side go down so easily, you know, and both both games are so lopsided, gee whiz, I, I just couldn't believe how one-sided those games were, because, you know, you, know, you don't ex- expect those sort of finals you know, to turn out like that. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it is set up to be the biggest games of the year and to have them both one-sided. I think someone said back in 2018 there were two one-sided because mm-hmm. I know Melbourne lost over there at Optus uh, Stadium by a huge margin that's to right. the West Coast and uh, I can't remember who the other prelim final was, but apparently there were two thrashings back then. So, you know, I mean, it has happened before, but it's very unusual. Um, we should probably start by talking about Geelong and Melbourne. And first of all, just great to see Melbourne into their first grand final mm-hmm. since 2000 and uh, have the chance to win the first premiership since 64. I mean, that is absolutely huge for them. Uh, it is, and, and very quickly, of course, and they beat uh, the then-known Footscray in that uh, grand final, didn't they? Yeah, so 64. a bit of history was there it, as well. Is that the one they beat? Yeah. I better double-check. Well, no, I might be calling... Oh, anyway. But I know they have uh, faced Footscray a couple of times in grand finals, mm. so it happens. Bucket, what did you make of that game? Oh, gee whiz, yeah. That was, you couldn't find a highlight, you know, for the Geelong football side anywhere. I don't think they had a player in the, in the side who won his position on the on the ground. And that, now that's, a, that, that's a, a real concern. And yet somehow they named five in, in the best players. Like, I found that completely <laughs> unreal. Like, if, if there's only one or two best players, that's all, all you name. You don't uh, name, name and, and give uh, other guys credit for you for doing absolutely nothing. And gee whiz, some concerns down there, the players contractors, contracts are going too long, you know, like, who's the list manager, you know, like, they haven't worked that out very well, Henderson is the only one who will be out of contract and mm. there's been some good and bad decisions, you know, that's been made for quite, quite a long time but on the other hand, you know, Melbourne geez, they come in and they played a, a beautiful four quarters, the star of the show was Maxi Gorn, that's the best rep play I have ever seen. Now, the way he took that, you, you've got to give him for the whole game because he, he, he just took the opposition apart and he was a winner and he, he and like his leadership, like he, if you were playing in that side, you, you just want to be, get in there and try and help him because he was doing a little bit too much at that different times with gee whiz, like, what a wonderful player is and go back to, you know, to, to what, you know, the Melbourne uh, hierarchy in the first place, they play, uh, place a lot of trust in their side and he didn't yep. come out and play very, very well. But the youth in the side, plenty of pace in the side, something Geelong really lacked. And uh, gee whiz, and, and, and the, 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 the good players, uh, they, they just kept on bobbing up all the time and play, playing a very, very important role in, in their side. What, what do you think, Pete? Yeah, look, uh, Bucket, I thought it was uh, it was a disappointing um, performance. And it seems that they, um, 
they just seem to get uh, ripped apart by sides that apply more pressure and, and have a lot more pace. And as someone said, you know, is Geelong being brought undone by their game plan or whether their game plan has been brought undone by the players, not uh, the inability to, to, to play it? Um, and I just, um, and, and the other thing too that they say uh, in finals and that, that teams that, that uh, play for territory. Uh, have more premiership success than the than the teams that play for controlling the ball, and that's that's just something. Yeah, Geelong's game plan just looked it, it just didn't work at all again. And as you say, too many too many older players and, and have the ability to be able to change it and bring mm. it like into the game. You know, a couple of uh, a couple of changes there, like in positions or something like. But he, he doesn't seem to do that. Now it was interesting too, and I mean we'll get onto the other game uh, shortly, but similar there. Um, We've not not a lot of changes been made by Kenny Hinckley, but yeah, I, look, Geelong. I guess you, you could probably say Paddy Dangerfield was was probably the, the best player, and as you say, Bucket and uh, Mitchell. After that, there wasn't. I think who did they name? I think they named Cam Guthrie. They named. Um, did Zach Guthrie do a couple of good things enough to say maybe he deserves a permanent spot in the side next year? Or not really? Yeah, he, well, he certainly wasn't the worst, but. Um, um, it's 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 an interesting selection, but yeah, no. Look, I, I thought he went okay. He, he certainly wasn't by far uh, the worst, but I think they they mentioned Duncan, Cam Guthrie, close, um, and Brad Close and, and Buse. Yeah, so as you say, they certainly didn't win uh, on the day. Their mm-hmm. opponents beat them, but that was it. And um, again, there was a, a few of the here we go agains. We've um, I guess, and there's one thing that I haven't seen before, and I don't know if you saw that, but in yesterday's players ratings in the Herald Sun unfortunately Gary Rowan was given a zero I haven't seen that before so he might be the first one into that hall of uh, not fame yeah. but uh, yeah he had a shocker didn't he um, again about the headline on the, on the back of the paper today the local paper today we'll do it our way yeah danger field well, gee whiz mm. you would think that somewhere along the line yeah, something's got to be done whether they've hung on to players for far too long and rewarded players with longer contracts and everything like that yeah but something's got to change there doesn't it yeah, and, and look, the ruck problem's an, a, another big issue again, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, so, and, and, and certainly just lacking, lacking speed. But they would, look, that, to Melbourne's credit, you just got to look at their players. And, and players like, I might have mentioned him last week, Charlie Spargo. Now, there's a, he, he's an opportunist. He didn't get a lot of the footy, but he controlled that wing at one stage. And he's played really good football the last couple of weeks, Charlie Spargo. And one thing that I did think of, his, um, his kicking and, and uh, disposal of the ball, mainly by foot, it's very, very ordinary until um, until this year, as were some other Melbourne players. And of course, you've got Mark Choco Williams, who's the um, the kicking coach, specialist kicking coach. And Mark Williams is like he's uh, he's just um, he designed his own football. He teaches, he has clinics to kick the ball properly. And you have a look at their their um, their skills um, by foot. Mark Williams and some of the things he used to do when he was coaching Port Adelaide were very, very interesting. So but he's the X Factor, is he, he's Mark the X Williams? Factor. Yeah, from having a bloke drive around the boundary with a, a sunroof open in the car and trying to kick them into the ah. into the car to having lights positioned around the ground and as you had the ball, the training drill, if that light went on and you spotted that light, you had to immediately kick to that 
to that light and try and knock it over. That's just, you know, your quick thinking, there's your teammate on his own, etc. So, but um, they've got some good coaches at Melbourne and they're certainly, uh, you know, they'll go in favourites in two weeks' time. I liked what Max Gorn said in the post-match interview with um, Fox Footy. Uh, Gary Lyon was there and it was, you know, it was an interesting moment because Gary was obviously delighted mm. that Melbourne had won and he was there with Max Gorn and he was a bit of a fan of his effort. But uh, when he talked about the fact that they'd been in quarantine for two weeks and he said, you know, we've been over here and we've got all the people with us and we've, you know, been doing that for a reason. We've got to show that we actually came here to play and, you know, step up. And also how heavily that 2018 preliminary final loss at the same venue weighed on them after that. I mean, mm. um, that perhaps fueled them on a bit in that game. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. They were completely outclassed. But I guess um, throughout the season, Melbourne and and uh, Western Bulldogs, I mean, they were 1-2 on the ladder for, for a greater part of the season. So at the end of the day... Uh, apart from Port Adelaide, you would say that the two best sides now uh, will, will play off in, in the big one. Should be a great game. Yeah, and it, it, it is. It's sad. And, and I just uh, I was looking and I saw where Albert Einstein, his definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different mm. results. Maybe that's something that they might Maybe need to is. think at the Cattery. Can you just um, talk to this virus story? Because it seems very strange that Geelong would have a virus given that they've been in quarantine like everyone else for the exact reason mm. of trying to stop the virus. So that is something that's just come up, but it only came out after the fact. They didn't say beforehand that there was a virus going around. I don't know if that would have helped or changed anything, but... Um, the fact that six players came down with a virus and, mm. as you said, maybe Gary Rowan was one of them. Uh, well, he wasn't named in the six. They said there were seven, so for his sake, we hope that... Well, not that he had the virus, but it may have excused it, as we said, another poor finals performance. But uh, they were saying uh, Radigalier, who had a very ordinary night, Lockie Henderson, Cam Guthrie, Tommy Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron and uh, Brad Close were the six that were named. And it was interesting, because the rumour was spreading pretty quick around here on Friday evening that... Um, Lockie Henderson was a late withdrawal. And that apparently came from, well, it started with Billy Brownless. And if you watched the footy show yesterday, Billy said that you know, one of the boys in the bar told him that Henderson would, wouldn't be playing that no, on Friday night. Mm. It was late Friday afternoon. So that was probably where it all, and it was apparently correct. But you also hear stories after finals, and especially after a grand final, where sides take injured players into the game. And, you know, well, we shouldn't have taken them into the game. So. But you read what you it's always uh, into what you want. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if it if, if it did uh, affect them, well, you know, it's a bit of a reason, but is it enough for their um, overall performance? Bucket. Who, who are the three or four guys that's got to be delisted from the Geelong Football Club? They just can't go with that same group all the time. Yeah, like, like that, that's been proven for year after year. You've got to bring in four or five different type of players. Mm, well, I I don't think they'll go. I don't think they'll wield the axe uh, largely. I, I really don't think they can afford to. And, and they really haven't got the, those you know, young to mid-age mid, mid uh, age players that have really come on to another level. So I think Sean Higgins is still... He's got another year to go on his, on his contract. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, the contracts are, are there. What about Dalhouse? How many years has he got? Uh, he's still got... Uh, he's got at least one year on his, go like on his contract as well. Have you Gary, got anyone in your sights bucket? 
Oh, well, fair thing, I'd like to be sitting on the board, you know, because I'd be looking at the, the lack of performance from the, you know, you know, like in, in big games like Gary Rowan. No, like you can't go with, with him all, all the time, you know. No. You know, there's other players in there, you go back... Well, Lockie Henderson would probably go... I, I would think he'd be the one that would, would probably finish up because it was talk he wouldn't play this year. Were you about to tell us how many years Gary Rowan had on his contract? No, I'm not sure on that not one. Sure. But I know that in the, in the 23 finals that he's played in, uh, 12 of those he's been kept goalless and he's been goalless in 5 of his last 7 and yet kicked that goal after the siren against the Dogs this year um, <laughs> we better move along to look at Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs and maybe there was an air of overconfidence in Port Adelaide I mean even the front page of the Adelaide Advertiser misspelt the name of the Bulldogs, they said it was Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it didn't go very well over there. I mean, the fans over there, as we've discussed many times, they're really something else. They take it to a whole new level, and mm-hmm. uh, the atmosphere really dropped off, I think, after half time. Yes, they certainly didn't. You know, basically, you know, when, the, you know, when the dogs got on top, you know, Hinkley had no, had no answers. That no. surprised me because he always seems to be well prepared. He seems to have the players on tune and that, but, you know, like, he, like, you know, like Geelong, I, I, I think he only had one, one winning player in his son. It was Vines, really. Yeah, 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 Ollie Vines. He, he was, uh, and probably um, maybe Bonner was the only other one, but, yeah, they were, they were smashed early, weren't they? And, yeah. Um, it was interesting because they've really criticised Ken Hinkley and I was saying like uh, a few weeks back or round 23 when uh, the Bullies played Port Adelaide uh, Willem Drew, he uh, he started on Libba and, and he played on Libba for that game and he kept Libba down to 17 touches um, and yet on Saturday evening uh, Willem Drew sitting on the bench at the start of the game and Libba had a, a fair whack early he got the ball out a couple of times until he set up, you know, three of their first five goals and was instrumental in that good start for the Bullies. So, but you're right, they ten different goal kickers, I think, um, over the night, um, the Bullies. So, um, as we said, Bailey Smith, another a brilliant game. Mitch Hannon was another one. But look, they, the one I, I, I really um, I liked was, uh, was um, Bailey Smith. I just thought he, he had a blinder. And the guy who shut down Aaliyah, Aaliyah too. Yes, well, that was an interesting one, Josh Sharkey. He was, yeah. was going to attack and play that attacking sort of game, and he was, and uh, he, he just couldn't get, you know, well, he couldn't even find the ball when he, he went looking for it a, few, a couple of times and still couldn't find it. No, no, well, it was either Sharkey or, or Tim English was sort of, you know, Back onto a leer, a leer, and he, yeah, and he, he just uh, he, he didn't know what to do, did he? He, he seemed lost, and as you said, when there was a perse- chance for a possession, he uh, he just didn't uh, he didn't take it. So, and he was a big uh, factor in their uh, in their win the, the previous week. So yeah. that was a look. There was everything seemed to work for the bullies, and they've been in quarantine for a month. They've been in four states in three weeks. They've had they had no Cody Waitman, no Alex Keith, and no Josh Bruce. Um, and um, travelled to so many different states, states and yeah, yeah. long flights. Well, and I think, look, it's just. We were allowed to train Friday. Yeah, well, that's. And I think someone said the South Australian government was planning to ban blonde mullets as well, but they didn't <laughs> quite get that through. But um, look, one of the challenges, I mean, is just how you respond in finals. And I think Geelong maybe seems to drop off a bit in finals, whereas a team like the Bulldogs, they lift in finals. That's a difference. And of course, they had the three losses towards the end of the season as well, didn't yeah. they? Well, that's right. They were sitting on top. At one stage, and as we say, it may have been pardon me, dodgy timekeepers in Brisbane. Yeah, could have. Yep. So they've uh, overcome all those things, and they're doing it the hard way, like they did in 2016. Yeah, they came from seventh, and um, you know, they, they don't bluff, do they? they no, get no. Up there and they play fair dinkum stuff. Uh, he's a very interesting coach.
mm. is um, is uh, the Bulldogs' boy. So um, they're very interesting, and he certainly got the boys fired up. Well, we'll take a break and come back for some final thoughts after this. Just about there for the day. Wes Jay is with you straight after the 11 o'clock news. But uh, we better get some final words. Bucket, final word for us? Yes, I think that both these sides are well matched. And by are they worthy candidates to play in the grand final? If it was being played at the MCG, there'd be 120,000 trying to get in there. I think so. Just a shame that you can't have it here in Melbourne, but at the same time, great for the city of Melbourne, which has been very hardly done by these lockdowns. Yes. The fact that they get the opportunity to see their two sides uh, playing in a grand final hopefully gives them a bit of a lift and the other thing i'll just say is i'll put you on notice that next week because of a bye uh, we're going to start our pre-season review of all of the teams alphabetically so adelaide crows are on the the chopping block next week so uh, just write that down um peter final word from you well we'll be going for something uh history books we've um, a three pete in the fact that uh, both western bulldogs and melbourne presidents are both female in uh Kylie uh, Watson-Wheeler and uh, Kate Roffey in Melbourne and, of course, Pig O'Neill was president of Richmond's last two flags, so well done. Fantastic. So, yep. uh, really good to see. All right, well, thanks very much, and I'll talk to you both again next week and there maybe even a bit more to talk about because the dust will have perhaps settled a bit more uh, next week, but uh, a very big grand final coming up. I'll talk to you on The Pulse tomorrow morning after 9 o'clock. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.